Hello everybody and welcome back to Cooking in Real Time. I'm doing another short single topic episode today. Um, I actually recorded it yesterday as cooking and yesterday was not a great um, attention span day. So my recording from yesterday was like it would take so much time to fix it in editing. I may as well just talk through it again today because it was a lot of me standing in the middle of the kitchen being like, oh, what was I doing? Anyway, and lots of crumpling, crinkling plastic bags, which are annoying to listen to. So instead, I'm just going to tell you about this very simple cooking technique. I call it ladera in Greek. Um, it's also used in Turkish cooking and called zetinyale. Um, and it is cooking vegetables and also beans, actually, in olive oil. Um, I was surprised to learn about the bean side of things. Like if you go to a Greek taverna and you say, what kind of ladera do you have today? Uh, they will usually list two or three vegetables and also a bean dish. And uh, so like gigandes, those big white beans you get in Greece, are considered a a ladera dish. Those those uh, little borlotti beans you get in Turkish tavernas are whatever their tavernas are called in Turkey. Uh, those are considered zeytinyağlı. Um, and it's basically just a process of slow cooking, slow cooking vegetables in a generous amount of olive oil until they're like very soft and usually the everything's just eaten room temperature so if you go into a greek restaurant they'll have everything all prepared in trays and they just sort of scoop it out and serve it as is maybe with a little garnish maybe not um it i'm saying this is sort of a single topic thing but often i'll we'll just have lather off for dinner and if you have some nice bread and you have some feta cheese, it makes a good dinner on its own. Uh, the only difference between Greek and Turkish technique, I would say, or the only thing that I have seen, is that Turkish, some Turkish recipes I've read are say you should take all the moisture off the, off the vegetables. And I think this does give you like a slightly more pure concentrated flavor, but... I'm also a little bit lazy and I usually cook just with the moisture that's on the vegetables from having recently washed them or rinsed them. And then that, so there's a little bit more liquid in the pot which gives you a tiny bit of leeway, I think for scorching and stuff like that. And it also gives you a bit more of a broth at the end so you can soak, you have more to sop up with your bread, which I think is a plus. Uh, so the technique is very simple, and I generally think in terms of whether you're cooking soft vegetables, which are typically summer vegetables, or hard vegetables, which are usually winter vegetables. So I'd say the two classic seasonal dishes are in summer, green beans, and in winter, um, usually celery root um, celery root and carrots is a really classic Turkish combination. Um, the summer dishes usually get a little tomato in with them, and the winter dishes usually do not. Um, to sort of to sort of talk about 
let's see, I'm trying to think of other other combinations and I'm flipping through flipping through a Turkish cookbook I have here. Um, artichokes, artichoke hearts are often cooked in, um, in oil in the same way that I'll describe. Uh, I have never done it because as you know from my previous artichoke episode, I just don't think it's worth the trouble. Um, I have happily eaten them and they're quite good, but uh, I, I personally, well, I don't want to rehash the entire artichoke episode, but I just don't think it's worth the trouble. Uh, leeks in olive oil are very nice. They get very slick and silky and very good. I usually add a little uh, vinegar or lemon to that. Um, green beans and olive oil is a classic. And um, I've made kohlrabi in the sort of winter vein of Ladera. I've made kohlrabi and cooked in olive oil, and that's been very nice. Um, yeah, anyway, the basic ingredients are whatever vegetable you're cooking, an allium, which means garlic, onion, chives. Yesterday I made... I made green beans with garlic chives because we have a ton on the roof right now. Uh, it can be green scallions if you have a bunch of those, if you're sprouting those on your on your on your windowsill, as I'm seeing a lot of people doing. Um, so yes, your vegetable, some allium, whatever herbs you have. The standard Greek combination is dill and parsley. Um, but it's also possible to use cilantro. If you happen to have that, I've never used basil. I don't know how that would, I don't know how basil holds up to really long cooking, to be honest. I know it just turns straight black, which is a little unpleasant. So maybe that's why nobody uses it. Uh, but if you're thinking, if you're thinking cilantro doesn't go with other herbs, um, I kind of thought that I had this mental block for a while because it seemed like cilantro is from a very different cooking tradition. Um, and then a few years ago, I read a Georgian recipe that involved dill and cilantro and parsley. And I was like, oh, right. It's like all colliding there in Central Asia, like between between the sort of Mediterranean, Eastern European dill zone and the Asian cilantro zone. It's like crashing together in the Caucasus. I don't know. That's my, my super basic food history analysis. I have no idea if that's actually true. Um, but that's how the map works in my head. And now my herb map of the world includes cilantro in the herbs you can put in La Dara because of this. So it's a nice way to use up whatever you have in the fridge. And the, and oh, finally, there's a fourth optional ingredient, which is tomato. As I said, some dishes you put in tomatoes, some you don't. You can do it to your taste, honestly. Like, tomato is pretty nice, and I think the only reason it isn't typically used in the winter dishes is, is because tomato just isn't a winter vegetable, so you don't have it around in a traditional kitchen. But of course, we have access to tomato paste and canned tomatoes all year round, so theoretically, you could put it in. It just isn't typically done. Uh, tomato adds a little bit of brightness, a little bit of acidity, so often the winter dishes will call, call for a squeeze of lemon or something like this. Some other ingredient that brings a little acidity or sour to the mix. Anyway, 
That's sort of the big picture overview of Lathera, specifically for green beans. Uh, I can talk you through the the proportions. Again, it's incredibly forgiving. Um, basically what I do in order is I get my heaviest pot, whatever it is, that has a nice fitting lid, and I put it on the stovetop. You can also do this in the oven if you have limited stovetop space, if you're cooking other stuff or whatever. Uh, and you have a pot that will go in the oven, you can also do this in the oven, but start it on the stove so you can set everything up. Uh, I drizzle in a very generous amount of olive oil, which, you know, sort of, if you dip your pinky in it, kind of make sure your whole end of, whole pinky tip is covered in olive oil. Um, then once I have that set up, then I feel like I can go prep the other stuff no heat on yet or anything like that. I just, the pot is waiting. Um, rinse and trim your green beans. I usually do about a pound of green beans at a time. And then once they're trimmed down, you've got a little bit less than a pound. That's like two and a half big hands full if you're at the, if you're at the grocery store and picking, picking up beans to put in a bag. Um, so I just rinse and trim those, trim off the little ends make sure there aren't any obvious like brown spots, trim them, set them in a colander. Like I said, you don't need to dry them anymore. Uh, take out your herbs, rinse those off if you haven't already. Like I said, I usually, when I get my herbs, I will rinse the whole bunch of them at the beginning and wrap them up in paper towels and stick them in the fridge. And then for whatever I have to use after, for whatever recipe in the coming days, then they're all ready to go. So, um, but if you're rinsing them to start with, again, don't need to dry them off, just, just keep them as is, and the moisture is good for the dish, in my opinion. Uh, as far as quantity goes for the herbs, you can use tons or a little. I, the more you use, the more moisture you're giving to the dish, and I think in general that's good. Like. The way you assemble the dish, which I'll describe, uh, having a good solid amount of herbs, chopped herbs on top, will sort of add to the steaming process. So I would usually, what I usually end up with is, I'd say, a cup and a half to two cups of coarsely chopped herbs. So I'll use like a bunch of parsley and a bunch of dill in the size bunches that I'm able to get them here in Astoria. Your bunches might be smaller, that's fine too. Um, and as for alliums, I usually use garlic. If I use garlic, I'm gonna use like three cloves, maybe four cloves if I'm feeling feisty. This is not a, these are not fundamentally garlicky dishes or oniony dishes. You just want a little something to add some substance to to the cooking liquid that ends up in the bottom of the pan. And it's nice to have like these little long stewed pieces of garlic that just sort of punctuate the dish. So I just peel those, give them a pretty rough chop. Herbs also very rough chop. Uh, you know, lay them out and chop crossways like every half inch or so, and then go back a couple times after that don't have to be meticulous and you can get some of the stem in and stuff like that that's fine 
you don't have to be carefully picking off each parsley leaf and stuff. Um, so you've got your allium chopped up. If you're doing an onion, I'd say like half a big onion, one small onion. These are all relative descriptors. Uh, if you're doing scallions, maybe do like three scallions, something. Uh, if you're doing garlic chives on the roof, <laughs> I did like two big handfuls because we have so many of them. Um, and then for the beans, I usually use a little bit, if I'm use, if I only have tomato paste, I'll use only tomato paste and I'll use kind of a heaping tablespoon of that. If I have, uh, canned tomatoes, I will use a, maybe not even a half cup, maybe more like a third of a cup. It's really just a hint. This is not a tomato dish. It's about the, the star ingredient, which is whatever vegetable you're using. Um, and by the way, for the vegetables, you can do combinations. As I said before, celery root and carrot is a very standard winter combination. So if you have some mixed vegetables in your fridge and you're not sure what to do them with them, you can throw them all in the pot together. Just try to keep ones that take about the same amount of time to cook in the pot. So you don't want carrots and green beans because Carrots take a long time to cook, and green beans don't take a lot of time to cook. And there's just something mismatched about that combination. But carrots and celery root work out fine because they're both hard and they take a while to cook. Um, peas, by the way, peas and artichokes is a very common, like that's kind of the spring combination in Greece is peas and artichokes. Uh, just straight peas is very common. Um, you know, just little green peas. I've never cooked those personally, honestly. I am not, they are not my favorite. They're Peter's favorite. Um, we get them at restaurants, but I've never made them myself. So they seem like they wouldn't take a ton of time to cook because peas are just, you know, in the first place, you barely have to boil them. So anyway, you've got all your stuff ready. And the only other thing you're going to need is salt. But the real secret to Lathera, and I mean secret is overstating it, but the real technique to Lathera is how you put things in the pot, I find. This makes a difference. So you're going to turn on the heat on your pot, on your olive oil, and let that warm up. You know, start it at medium high, and when it's just warm, it doesn't have to be, you know, shimmering, or you, you want everything to be gentle. You just... Put it on medium-high to get it warmed and then turn it down to medium-low while you add everything. And the first thing you're going to add is your allium, whatever you did, garlic, onion. If you're in a real rush in terms of timing, you could put, when you put set up your pot with your oil in it, you could set it there on the lowest, lowest heat, like turn the flame as far down as you can and just set it there and chop up your garlic or your onion or whatever you're using and stick that in the pot. Don't change the heat, just leave it there and then do the rest of your prep and chopping. Uh, I think, you know, that gives you a little, I've done it that way certainly and it gives you a little bit of a cushion, but you have to have your plan in mind uh, once you turn on the heat. 
put your allium in, no need to stir it, no need to brown it, nothing like that. That is not the goal at all. Then you layer in whatever vegetable, your, your main vegetable, and you just lay that on top of the garlic or onion or whatever you're using. On top of the main vegetable, put in your tomato if you're using it. So if that's tomato paste, just loop it in there. If it's a uh, canned tomato, diced tomato, just sort of scatter it around. Uh, if it's summertime and you have good tomatoes and you have fresh tomatoes, of course, you can use that. You just chop one up and put that in roughly and put that in there. Clearly, I'm in this mode. It's, I didn't even think of that option because I'm staring out the window at total gray. There's not a good tomato I can buy for 100 miles and many months, so that's why I didn't even think of it. But come summer, if you have access to fresh tomatoes, of course you can use those. So you've laid in your allium, your vegetable, your tomato, and very last, you put in all your herbs and you just scatter those across the top. So you have this kind of thick bed or a thick top layer of herbs on top of everything. Then finally, salt and a lot of salt. It is possible to oversalt this stuff and I find a couple times I've made it, it's been on the brink, but if you undersalt it, it's gonna be terrible and very disappointing. So I usually do, I have, um, I have co this is for kosher salt. Don't do this for fine, normal, tiny grain salt. For kosher salt, I do two handfuls, like thumb, pinching thumb and all four fingers. I do two of those, of those grabs. Um, I might even do a little bit more than that, but two is probably safe. Um, if you have regular, only regular salt, I'd say, ooh, I don't even know. I hard, I, I'd say use more than than what you would normally use and what you think is normal to use. The dish really kind of drinks it up. And like I said, it's, it's dull and feels unsuccessful if you don't use enough salt. So you've done that. You've got all your stuff layered. You've put in your salt, your generous amount of salt, and you just put the lid on and turn it down to the lowest possible heat and leave it. This is why it didn't really make sense to do as a cooking in real time thing, because now we have like 45 minutes to an hour of it just sitting there on the stove and doing nothing while I tidy up in the kitchen. So that's kind of it. You don't need to stir it until much later in the game. You don't even need to stir it until it's done but usually after about 45 minutes i'll go and i'll see how it's going and you know you poke the beans and see whether they're soft and in that process you end up disrupting your pile and that's fine then you can kind of stir it all up then you can taste it for salt if it doesn't taste like much then you can add more salt uh if you've heaven forbid if you've over salted you can add like half a tomato diced up or sorry half a potato diced up and that will absorb a little bit of the salt. Honestly, I just power through. 
I'm like, oh, too salty this time. Oh, well. Um, let's see. That's You're going for, with the beans, they should be completely limp. They go from being green, bright green, to like kind of a dull olive green. I'm, I'll put photos on the website. It, it is not an appetizing looking dish. I think the tomato is in there also just to add a little pop of color so it doesn't look completely deathly. Um, but they're so delicious. I always, they're also, because of the tomato, I think, they're also better if you can make them a day ahead and let them sit. Totally optional, but if you're looking at stuff in the fridge and you're like, ooh, this stuff is on the brink, I need to do something with it, doing a la de ra is a good way to use it, and then it'll last a few more days. Honestly, I just keep ours out on the stove, on in the back with the lid on, and then reheat it for whenever we're going to eat. Um, although, as I said, these are often served completely room temperature. Um, if you stash it in the in the fridge, bring it out and heat it up a little because otherwise, you know, the olive oil gets all clumpy and stuff and you, you don't want that. So it should be room temperature or above for eating. So that's it. That's La Dera. I once spent Peter and I once spent an absolutely dreamy month on the Greek island of Idra, Hydra, where there was nothing open except a grocery store and one taverna. And basically we lived on La Dera when we didn't go out for dinner at the taverna. And we had so many nice combinations and now I can't remember any of them, which is frustrating to me. It was deep winter and it was like, what vegetables did we eat? They were all delicious. I wish I could tell you now. Uh, I have I happen to have celery root and carrots, so I'm gonna make that version too after this. After talking to you guys, now I'm all hit up on the subject of Lathera. That celery root and um, the celery root and carrot one that I said is a very typical Turkish combination. Again, because it's considered a winter dish. It barely has any herbs in it because they're not common in the winter. So, like I said, the proportions can vary incredibly according to what you have. No pressure. If you have an idea, if you're wondering if something's going to work, run it by me. Uh, find me on Twitter or email me and, and ask or tell me what you tried and what worked. Um, I would love to hear it because, like I said, I'm still like, I know, I've made great leather on the past that wasn't just green beans and what was it anyway uh i would love to hear how your projects turn out so thank you for listening to this um this great single topic lecture on the beauty of olive oil cooked vegetables as i said everything sort of backup information will be on the website at cookinginrealtime.com and i'll be back next week with some other with some other idea, if you have suggestions, let me know. And enjoy your week, enjoy your cooking. Wishing you all great health and happy cooking.